Hello, welcome to the Reality Roots podcast, or welcome back. My name is Hillary. Very excited to be here. I know I always say that, but I can't even tell you. I'm just really, really happy to be doing this. I wanted to say right off the top here a couple couple notes, some business, if you will. I did set up an email address. I... <laughs> I do want you guys to be able to give me some feedback. I'm going to be honest, I'm not really like a social media girl. It's uh, I think it's better for my own mental health just to be off of it. I don't know how that's going to really work with podcasting now because I do understand that that's part of it. So I'm going to think about that maybe... Um, you know, I think this is still early days. Maybe we can work towards that. But for right now, I did set up an email just in case you do want to reach out to me with something. It's realityrootspod at gmail.com. I will ask for constructive criticism, please. I do know that I'm not perfect for sure. I'm kind of if you don't know this at this point, I'm still kind of a baby podcaster, so I do appreciate your patience. I know I have a lot of stuff to work on. Um, of course, I like saying, um, I am doing my best. <laughs> um, so if it's something that I'm not going to be able to change, like I hate your voice, I hate your opinion, <laughs> things like that, maybe you keep that to yourself and find something else to listen to. But if there's something that you don't think I'm aware of or something like that that you want to reach out and let me know, then now we have the email address to be able to do that. So today we're going to start. Today I picked a Maury Povich episode. It was actually really hard to find something that was going to work because Maury is still on the air after, oh geez, what, 30 years, 30, 40 years or something. It's crazy. So because it's still an active show, they have their own YouTube channel. They had some classic clips. First of all, they were just like clip, I don't know, like a mashup, I guess, of different clips on certain subjects, which I didn't really love because I like to see the whole story to be able to pick up all those nuances and stuff. I was able to find one episode somebody had obviously recorded on VHS. It's from 1996. I want you guys to know that going into this, I I didn't know what the episode was. There was no screen or no open. Uh, there wasn't even, you know, usually they put that like Chiron on the bottom to say this is what we're going to talk about. But we didn't even get that on this, or at least not on the cut that I saw. So I want you to know, first of all, going to this, I didn't know what we were going to talk about. I thought it was going to be cheating or something. They seemed really lighthearted and laughing. And I was like, oh, where is this going to go? <laughs> is it going to be dramatic? But it was fine. I I watched it the first time and I was worried that I wouldn't have enough to talk about. It ended up being, again, I don't know what officially they called it because we didn't get that Chiron, but essentially it was women I wrote, women birthing on 911. Of course, the women weren't really the ones talking on the phone, obviously. If you are someone who's given birth, I, I'm sure you know why. Uh, it was all women who couldn't make it to the hospital on time, which is scary, uh, definitely. I have my own birth story. I did actually give birth at home, but that was planned. My midwives were there. My husband was there. So I I know, I know it is scary. I loved my home birth. I would do it that way again if I was in that situation for sure I wouldn't have it any other way I do understand that if that's not your plan then that is very scary especially for some of these husbands who it sounds like in the 90s I guess we do take I know my own family said that about my husband like wow he's so involved he's so there he was very involved with you know the pregnancy and the birth and everything seems like guys in the 90s were kind of clueless it seems like 
I mean, considering your wife is about to give birth, it seemed like they didn't have much of an idea of what was going on. Uh, so it was kind of funny in that sense. I think there is enough here to get through a whole episode. So um, let's get started. The first episode... Oh, first of all, I want to say this. This Mori that we're watching is not the Mori that you are going to see if you turn on your TV today. This is Mori. I would I called it Geraldo Mori. I'm not really a big Geraldo, Geraldo head or a big Geraldo fan. So I, I'm not sitting here saying I'm anywhere close to being an expert to speak on that. But that's that's what his look says to me as Geraldo. He's kind of he's not Mori's not there for the drama at this point in his career. He's there to put on a show of interesting stories and I guess that's what talk shows probably were originally supposed to be was talking about you know some crazy things that happened and it I mean listen did I cry (laughs) the first time I watched this did I cry at every birth story of course it's it's intense there's a lot of these 911 calls that we're listening to and it's intense I can't imagine how intense it is for the couples on stage listening to this I also remember after I gave birth, maybe four or five months later, where my partner and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, remember that time you pushed a baby out of your body? (laughs) It's like, yeah, that was crazy. Like, it is a very, it is a kind of a traumatic event, to be honest. As a woman, I think I always say that at least one year postpartum, you're really not yourself or you really shouldn't be held responsible for anything that comes out of your mouth it's it's like a brain fog that you get and it's for that reason because it is a really traumatic event and your brain just kind of glazes over some of the details it I can't imagine I mean it just felt intense just to remember it I can't possibly imagine what it would be like to listen to it that would be crazy but let's get into the first story here. This the first one. There were a lot. I think Maury had the same thought that I did when when I looked at it, I was like, oh, are we gonna be able to talk for long enough about just people giving birth on 911? And I think Maury thought the same thing and said, fuck it, let's get six of these people up. They really jammed it in for like a 40-minute episode. We got, I think, six birth stories, which is it's quite a bit. Uh the first one or the first couple, was Lisa and Michael. And this is, I mean, their baby is, I think they said four months old at this point. Like I said, I can't imagine what it's like even to sit there and listen to this for them. Lisa is wearing a crazy outfit. I guess it's not crazy. It would be nice. It, it, I didn't watch Glow, but based on the previews that my fire stick showed me about the show Glow, I think it has Kristen Wiig, it was very that. It was black with these really crazy, like, pink geometric lines on it that I've almost kind of like pre, pre-body pre glove. I want to say that body glove was maybe a... Maybe they watched this episode. Maybe they said that looks good. Let's do that. It was, it was kind of like that. And I even had to look to be like... I'm still not really sure if it was a dress or like an oversized jacket. We saw a lot of oversized blazers with tights in this episode, so... I think she was wearing tights. I don't know if it was a, an official dress or how, how we labeled that in 1996. Michael has a mullet AF. I wrote mullet AF. He has like a real fucking mullet. It's not like, oh, that's kind of a... No, this is like a mullet. If you look in the dictionary under a picture of mullet, you will find a picture of Michael. He also has a blazer on. And this really, like, I don't know how to describe it. it. The shirt under the blazer, it's got like a high neck, but I don't think it has a collar, <laughs> kind of a button-down shirt. It was interesting. Lisa and Michael did go to the hospital, and they were told to go home. As soon as they got home, Lisa says she just started screaming, and she's screaming at her husband to go back. And he says, he's laughing about it, but he's like, oh, I was like, shut up and be quiet. (laughs) Seemed really harsh. I guess she was laughing. And also, I guess it was because they have a two-year-old who was sleeping, which I definitely understand. If you have any child under the age of like, 
I don't know, three or four and they're sleeping, <laughs> you do not make noise in the house. But Michael, I don't know if you've ever had a baby. It fucking hurts, okay? So that's probably why she's screaming. <laughs> I get it, I guess. Um, he was like, if you're not going back to the hospital, I'm going to back to bed. They're not going to do anything. We're going to go back and it's just going to be a big waste of time. So I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> Lisa was like, no, <laughs> you call 911. I'm not making it to the hospital. This is like, this is happening. Michael says he still doesn't believe her at this point, but he finally calls 911. And now we get into the 911 recording here. Uh, Lisa is screaming. I've been that. I remember I do, there's certain flashpoints that I do remember from giving birth. And one of them was screaming in pain. And one of the midwives coming over and telling me, you know, this is great. <laughs> Love the energy. Uh, you're going to have to push later and you're going to want to save that energy. <laughs> so if you could maybe stifle some of the screaming and save it for the pushing that would be in your best interest um but i don't know she's well she doesn't have a midwife there i guess but she's screaming and it doesn't sound like she's gonna need help to push later because um she's like it's coming i can feel it <laughs> some of these 911 calls turn into like horror movies like you could literally pull it out of a horror movie I can't imagine what it's like to watch someone give birth from the other side of it too. That really, it really must have been like a horror movie. And the nine one one person is like, he keeps asking, "Has the baby been born yet?" He's like, "No," and you can hear in the back. He sounds very dizzy. He's like, "No, it's fine." You can hear Lisa in the background. She's like, "It's coming! The head is coming out!" Nine one one. I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. It was probably a very intense moment. It's just. He's so Michael's so blase about it, and she's in a horror movie. Like these people are in different movies. Um, the nine one one person is like, "Is the head coming?" After she just said, you can hear in the background, "It's coming. The head is coming out." She's like, "Is the head coming out?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> and, then, and then I guess he looks over and he's like, "Yes!" <laughs> and now he actually starts reacting. This is the moment. I think most of these calls. You could really hear the moment where the husband is like, oh shit. <laughs> I think he might literally said, yeah, he's he's like, what do I do? I can't do it myself. Oh my God. Holy shit. What do I do? <laughs> it's like, now Michael is here. Michael has caught up with us. He is on set. He read the script. He knows where he is. And he's like, oh Jesus. Uh, the caller aid person is on like the 911 person is really good she's like just help her come out uh she seems like maybe she's had a kid or has some kind of experience um the mom gets on the phone like her mother and or sorry his mother michael's mother gets on the phone because he's helping with the baby um oh sorry it wasn't the lady there were two people on the call there was the caller aide and then there was the paramedic um I mean, they were both good, but the paramedic just seemed really calm, especially for a man. I would say he just, he was, he wasn't too much. He was just like, okay, just help her um, get the baby out or, you know, help the baby come out. You don't really have to <laughs> do anything crazy. Um, and then the mother and his mother-in-law gets on the phone. She's kind of just relaying information like they keep the one thing we hear again and again is to clean out the baby's mouth and nose obviously that's kind of um well it's obviously important if I didn't already know that I would know it just because every single one of these 911 people were um that was their main point I would say that's what we heard the most from them make sure you clean out their mouth and nose so they can start breathing right um so they did that they're like okay it's here and there's this really sweet moment where uh, the paramedics get there. They're like, okay, we're good. Uh, and the guy on 911, the paramedic, is like, congratulations. It's just really sweet. We find out, well, I'll get to that after. I won't spoil it. It's a boy. They name it Anthony Joseph. Um, the caller aid guy comes out. Of course, then Maury does this thing where he's like, oh, you've never met him. And here's the paramedic that helped you. It's the guy who said congratulations. He does seem really sweet. 
he comes out with this baby. Uh, oh, no. Does, no, he's in the audience. That's what it is. He comes, he's, he's like, more, he's like, oh, and the guy is right here. I just think it's, I want to say Fred. I didn't write it down, but he was like, that guy who helped, his name is Fred, and he's right here. And they bring him up on stage. Fred, maybe not. I'm just really going off the top of my head on calling him Fred, but we'll call him Fred. Uh, more he goes up there and more he's like, he's pretty attractive too. It's like, whoa, it's kind of progressive. <laughs> like, uh, guys didn't say that about guys as much in 1996. We find out that this is Fred, not Fred's first ever caller aid call. Oh, that's lucky. That's very lucky to me. I, uh, there's, <laughs> I can't imagine all the horrifying and like actually traumatic calls that those people take and it's I'm so happy that Fred Not Fred's first ever paramedic call was something happy that he could come away with and feel good about and not oh something worse I wonder what the burnout time is I wonder if it's better or worse for paramedics over the phone I know they have a pretty high burnout rate um in person in in urban centers anyway uh, they say the mother, the mother-in-law who was on the phone with him has asthma. So she started gasping. Obviously the paramedics were there, but there's kind of a funny moment. Michael's like, oh, I'm like, who do you, my mom's there, baby. I'm like, who do you save your wife, your mom or your kid? And of course he says the right thing. He's like, I was like, screw you, mom. I'm going to help with my baby. And that's fine. That's the correct thing to do. I'm sure his mom was fine. And you know, she just had to calm down for a second. It's lucky she was there. I hope that they, you know, appreciate, I guess, that they all kind of got to be part of that moment because that is kind of special. Okay. Our second family, let's see, we have Randy and Christy. Christy was actually home alone with her three kids. The oldest is 12. I don't think they say how old the other two are, but they're also there. Um, Randy was out of town. Randy, oh, first of all, we, I, can't, I can't not comment on anyone's outfit, truly. Randy has this horrible, ugly couch sweater. <laughs> By couch sweater, I mean it looks like it could equally be a sweater. Or a couch. It's, you know, a versatile fabric that way. Utility fabric, I would say. Christy's wearing this, like... it's Well, it's another oversized blazer with the black tights. So, obviously, that was the height of fashion. 1996. I kind of remember that. I would have pegged that more as an 80s thing, but... A lot of times, I get the 80s and 90s sort of confused. It's all kind of blends together into one horror show of color and fabric and patterns geometric patterns it's kind of like a creamsicle orange it was it was an odd shade that's for sure but it, I don't know I guess it didn't look horrible um Randy like I said Randy was out of town and Christy has a real petty bitch moment where she's like I told him not to go out of town but he did so I told you um we kind of laugh about that I guess she was trying to get to the hospital, but her other kids wouldn't wake up. Oh my gosh, another point where I'm like, I can't possibly imagine being in labor. Like, when I was in labor, I was in labor. I was occupado. I couldn't do anything else. I remember even the midwives, you know, touching me with the, I don't know, stethoscope, I guess, to hear the baby's heart rate and being like, could you leave me alone? Like, I'm having a baby right now. This is, this is kind of taking all of my focus. Um, so I can't imagine trying to, I know it's also so hard to get out of the door when you have small children, like they just fight every way, like every, every step of the way, especially when they're sleeping. Like I could not wake up my kid if they were sleeping. One time there were literal fire. We live close to a park and there were literally fireworks going off across, like right outside his window. And... He just slept right on through, so I don't know how I would possibly ever wake him up and <laughs> express to him that I'm having a baby and we have to go right now. I don't even think... It's not that he wouldn't try to be helpful if he understood it, but 
I just don't think he could even process anything. Even if I told him I was going to make him toast, he, uh, in that moment, he'd be like, what? <laughs> What's toast? I just, ugh, that's bad. So she can't get the kids up. Um, they're not going to make it, obviously. She says that she's, she had already taken, I mean, this is so lucky, hindsight 2020, but I've also never heard of this before. Uh, she had all her kids do this siblings at birth class. I guess she was planning on having the other three, like the other three kids already, who were already born, the three existing children, if you will. Um, she was going to have them at the birth, which again, it's lucky. I'm, I'm sure she is so happy that she had her kids do that. The oldest kid who was 12 was Randall. Now, if you'll remember, the dad's name was Randy, which makes this kid Randy Jr., I think. I I guess it's not terrible. I don't know. I don't want to say too much because I know a lot of people do name their kids after themselves. I don't know. It's not something that I would ever do, but everybody is different. No two people are the same, so... I throw a lot of shade at names and different baby names and stuff, but I'll try not I'll try not to shit on that too much because I know a lot of people do it. It's just not, I don't know, it's just not a flavor for me. Uh the 911 call starts about here. Again, <laughs> this horror movie screaming. Is this what oh I bet it's what every person is. She's like, it's coming. Um they're the Oh, they're like trying to ask this poor kid, like, what's happening? He sounds, they say he's 12. Again, I just, I don't know, 12 in 1996, I think is a lot different than 12 in 2022. He sounds on the phone. He does sound very young. I mean, my voice sounds very young, I think, when I'm on the phone, but I'm not 12. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, they're asking him questions. They're like, is the baby's head coming out? Can you see the baby? He's like mom is that the baby's head <laughs> which is so funny because she wouldn't she wouldn't know that at all um she says afterwards too that she could tell he was nervous first of all just logic out that he's nervous because he's standing next to his mom who's screaming like she's in a in a in a death scene or something <laughs> scary movie um i'm sure he was nervous why wouldn't he be but she's like oh he was like tapping my leg and I was like, get away from me. And again, I was like, I can relate to that for sure. When I was giving birth, I was like, get the fuck away from me. Nobody touch me right now. I'm busy. But obviously he's trying to help. There is another weird point too. Obviously, I don't know what came through in this or what they talked about it. Siblings at birth or what age group that was aimed at. But there's a point where they're like, oh he's like it's coming out I can see it it's getting bigger and they're like oh is that the baby's head and he's like no it's the cervix (laughs) the 911 person is audibly like what the fuck like this 12 year old just say that's the cervix is that even the cervix I don't think your cervix is supposed to come out I think it's just the baby's head he says the water's not broken though so the water breaking always kind of messes me up I know they say it's not like in the shows where I mean, we know how it looks like in the shows, right? Where you're just standing there and then your water breaks and it's like all over the place. And they're like, oh, now labor's starting. Like, it's not, (laughs) that's not always the order of events. I think in most cases, I've heard that that's actually not the order of events. For me, I know the midwives did have to like break my water and I was definitely in labor. They just, you know, it's something they can kind of do to hurry it up. Um, And then he's like, oh, here it comes. The... And then you hear him, he's like, uh, hold the phone, I'm gonna get the baby. <laughs> he's kind of casual. Um, you can tell he's, it's, it's a moment, right? I can't, uh, I, I would keep saying, I can't imagine, but 12 years old to deliver a baby, that, it's a lot of information that most 12 year olds don't get, even most young adults, a lot of full-grown adults <laughs> like would never understand um so he hands the phone to his sister johanna johanna um she's freaking out he's randy, randy jr has been pretty calm this whole time 
Joanna is not come. She's freaking out, which is fair. They don't say how old she is. She, I don't know. I'm going to guess nine to 10. Uh, and then even after listening to it, um, she's just embarrassed because, you know, her brother's there and he's like pretty calm and collected and doing so much of the work. And then we just um, hear Joanna freaking out, which is not her fault at all. Um, but Maury even goes up and he's like, oh, it's okay. Like you did great. Uh, we see the third kid that was at home too. He must be much younger. He's probably like, I don't know, seven, six or seven, which means this baby must've been quite a, you know, a bonus baby. <laughs> um, as I would say, nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, sometimes, I mean, who knows, maybe they want, I don't know. We don't, we could only speculate on what happened, but there, it looks like there's a significant age group between, her third child and this baby that we're listening to be born. Uh, oh, her youngest looks like Cole Sprouse. <laughs> we look at young Cole Sprouse. And he also looks completely uninterested. The other kids are sort of talking a little bit more with Maury. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. It happened. I was there. We don't get much. I didn't even write his name. <laughs> you could call him Cole Sprouse if we have to mention him again. But I don't think we're going to. Because uh, he really didn't say anything. Uh, this one, they already knew the guy they were talking to on the phone. His name is Brian. So that part of the story isn't quite as exciting. The first one, they were like, oh, you've never met Fred before. And here he is. And they're like, wow. This one, they're like, oh, and you already know Brian. And here's Brian with your baby. Um, is this the one? There's one that Maury brings. Oh, no, it was the first one. I don't think I mentioned that. But, uh okay. Was it Michael? Oh god, sorry guys. Lisa and Michael when when they brought because Maury brought that baby out because remember Fred was already in the audience. So then Maury brings out their baby, Joseph Anthony, and that baby is fucking screaming. <laughs> like there's different levels of screaming for babies, and that kid is fucking pissed. You can hear it in the cry. He's not. He doesn't know Maury. He's not psyched to be here. Maury passes that baby off like a hot potato. Um, it's very funny. But anyway, Brian brings out um, this other baby, Christy's baby. It's a girl. They named her Brittany. Can't really, can't shit talk on Brittany. Brittany's very, well, <laughs> can't shit talk on a baby, but, um, you know, Brittany's fine. I feel like most of these names are pretty fine. There's one we'll get to later because it, it does pay out. I took a great care to write out, you know, all of these, if it was a boy or a girl and what they named it. And it was almost not worth it, but later we'll get to one that I think actually does make it very worth it to have done that with my time. And that's pretty much it. They, as soon as sleep, as soon as they bring the baby up, Maury just moves right along to the next. Um, I'll get to the third family in a second, but I do want to mention that I can't wait to get to some of these. We get, we see whatever, again, this cut, this VHS cut that I saw was, uh, we see next time on Maury. And that theme, first of all, I'd forgotten about these 911 call type episodes, that that was a thing. We really don't see that anymore on Maury at all. So I'd completely forgotten that. But tomorrow, quote unquote, tomorrow in 1996, tomorrow Maury, we're going to watch them, uh, we're going to watch women. They're going to get makeovers to try to make over their way out of the friend zone with their friends. It seems like some of them have fine results. I imagine they do. I don't know. I'm excited to, you know, in a different, uh, in the future, find one of those episodes and check it out because I remember those episodes existing. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of material in there. I uh, But I had forgotten about them entirely until we watched this preview. Um, next, Maury, the third family. Right away, Maury sets up that they have never heard this tape before. I just want to reiterate how traumatic <laughs> these births, any birth, the best possible birth, I feel like is at least 1% traumatic in the same way that I said previously that even a good mother-daughter relationship should be at least 1%, you know, contentious. It's at least 1% traumatic to give birth, so 
Oh, uh, like, uh, it's a little bit, I don't know. I guess that's what we're here for, right? To see their reactions and to see stuff like that. Um, these people live seven minutes away from the hospital. So they thought they were fine to get there. Later, this lady says she was psyched for drugs. <laughs> she told her doctor, like, do you know, she was like probably five weeks pregnant. And she was like, I want you to write on my chart <laughs> with a big red star, drugs. <laughs> I want the drugs. I don't want to give a natural birth. Um, she, this is her second child, though. And she says her first child, they were like, oh, was the, did the first one come fast? And she was like, oh, it was like three and a half hours. So I thought I had time. First of all... I, it's one of those things that's like true, not true. I hear a lot of people say it, or I hear a lot of people say it's not true, but in practice, I feel like it's mostly true that your second baby comes faster because, especially if they're close together, because the first one sort of, you know, forges the path, I guess, breaks the trail for future babies. That feels good as a mother to think about my body that way. Um, but anyway, it's true. So, and three and a half hours is pretty short. I feel like my labor was pretty quick. It was, I mean, it was less than 12 hours, maybe like nine and a half hours. And that was pretty quick for a first, but three and a half hours for your first, that's, that's really quick. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like they waited, but no, I don't even know. I might've just camped right out in front of the hospital or I would have planned for a home birth. But anyway, she wanted the drugs, so I got it. So there's seven minutes from the hospital. Um, her water broke and the doctor's like, yeah, you should go right away. <laughs> Your first baby came fast. So let's not like, let's not wait on this. <laughs> Just uh, get your coat, get in the car. I guess they're, well, like I said, they have um, another child. So the husband, what are their names? Oh, Peter and Beth. So Peter is trying to get their existing child um into the car like awake and into the car because this is in the middle of the night I guess so he's trying to do that he like gets her coat on sends her out to the car oh I almost forgot to talk about Peter and Beth and uh the clothes they're bringing to the table Peter is wearing a crazy sweater all the guys are wearing these really crazy again it's these geometric patterns could be a couch could be drapes could be a sweater uh outfits that's cool Beth has this like swoopish hair and kind of a bigger dress she reminds she actually look it's it's a style that my aunt used to rock I'm pretty sure in the 90s but obviously you guys don't know her I'm not gonna name her but um that was kind of where I went it was just it's hard I don't know another way to explain it. it's like a I wouldn't say her hair is short, but it doesn't touch her shoulders. But I think that's because it's like swooped out in uh, these big, I don't know, swoopies. How did they even do that? I feel like people in the 90s didn't even have like good straighteners or they must have spent a lot of time on their hair. I guess they're on a show, so somebody did it for them. But that looks like a haircut she rocks, you know, in her life. So who knows? Um, so they send her daughter out to the car and... They're like, nope, it's coming. It sounds actually like the daughter was just hanging on the car. She probably fell asleep or something if it was the middle of the night. But at some point, they say that in the 911 call, he has to tell them, oh, it's crazy. This is before texting and everything, too, obviously. So um, he's like, could you actually call my neighbor and tell them to go get my daughter? Because I just left her in the car while I'm like delivering my other child over here. Uh, so, I, I mean, she's fine. Uh, he's pretty calm. This 911 lady is a fucking boss a bitch. This is who I would want. Um, for sure. She's like, he's already pretty calm. And she's like, listen to me now. <laughs> do what I tell you you're going to do. Um, she's, she's funny. I, of all the people that we hear on 911, I think... Her, or maybe that first Fred, that first guy, Fred, maybe. Fred, question mark, not Fred. Um, those two, I think, were probably the people that I would want. But I mean, God bless all of them. Jesus, to do that job at all. Again, this is, these, this is like a good day for them, right? We have to remember most of their days are probably more horrific than anything I could even possibly imagine. Um, so he's telling, she tells him to push a bit. 
so that the baby doesn't explode out like that seemed kind of weird to me again I wasn't on the other side of it but she was like just put some pressure on the baby's head bitch I'm trying to push like (laughs) I don't need you know uh pushing in the opposite direction but I guess that's important because that's something we hear um in a few of these calls as well a 911 operator like I said she's she's not only a boss bitch but she's like tell your wife that it'll be fine there's no problem with delivering at home it's really sweet and then the call ends the paramedics get there Maury's like oh so why were you screaming <laughs> what the fuck Maury where have you been that's like it hurt yeah it hurt um simple explanation uh it's a boy they name him Michael which again is totally perfectly normal name what was it like to live in the 90s when everyone just chose you know regular names um it's oh and then when they bring out the person you know the other two we had well we had Fred in the audience and then Maury brought the baby out and then the second one well Brian brought their baby out but they already knew him this one I was like yeah we're gonna meet this boss bitch I can't wait (laughs) she seemed like the most interesting person uh but she wasn't there they don't say why but it's the paramedic who kind of finished the delivery I guess uh they were I mean if they were only seven minutes away I guess they got there that's another thing is that I'm not really sure 30 years later that we would have seen or we would have heard the paramedics get there so quickly even any of this I know I've heard some horror stories about people calling 911 at least kind of I don't live in uh, the United States but where I live it is definitely something I've heard that sometimes you can get put on hold if you call 911 if I mean, there's only so many people, I guess. So I'm glad that all these people got through and I'm glad that all the paramedics were able to get there so quickly. I hope that that is still the case 30 years later or maybe even better. That would be great. Um, anyway, so he comes out. He's the one who finished it, I guess. But I wanted to hear from that boss bitch. That would have been way better. All right, now we get to the question. I did I did already mention this, but I just want to point out that we take a question from the audience and this person says, oh, so, you know, next time if you give birth, would you do it naturally or not? And then this is where Beth says she wanted all the drugs going into it and obviously that didn't happen. And then we just move on. So nobody, we actually don't find out if a single person would do it naturally next time or not. We only find out that Beth didn't want to do it naturally in the first place moving on and he really packs a lot of stories into this so we don't have a lot of time for questions y'all our next family this is where they bring we maury really buried the lead on this because this was actually the funniest story for sure this guy's name is daryl so daryl and tina their outfits are actually fine but daryl's rocking that really like thick dark mustache And he's got a bit of a unibrow as well. I feel like if you're going on TV, I think the Maury people could have helped him out with this unibrow before they put him out on stage. But that's really it. Their outfits are at least fine. I don't know. I said fine. By the time you get to the fourth episode, you're like, I guess this is what clothes look like. So maybe, I don't know. There was nothing to really comment on anyway. Um, But Tina says she was having minor pains. Daryl's like, yeah, I started timing them and they seemed really regular and they were really fast. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's when you go to the hospital. But apparently they called their doctor and the doctor was like, no, it's not labor. Drink two glasses of water and go to bed. I'm, I'm not a midwife. I'm not a doctor. If you're having contractions that are regular and they're coming fast, you should go to the hospital. (laughs) Even if it's not labor, you we just check that out like that sounds as far as I know that's what the definition of labor is so I don't know what the fuck was wrong with their doctor but Daryl hangs up with that doctor and Tina's like uh no that's not correct (laughs) like drink a glass of water and go to bed have you been oh my god this doctor I would find a new doctor you're not going to fucking sleep when you're in labor dipshit um so she's like no obviously that's not correct call him back and as he's calling the doctor back her water breaks so the doctor's like okay well I guess go to the hospital (laughs) like who 
is this shitty doctor? Is this their family doctor? Is this an obstetrician? Is this guy a doctor at all? Like he sounds, sounds like he's, it sounds like he should get a new job. I wonder if something would have happened if they would have been able to sue him for malpractice or something like that, because that's fucked. Um, so apparently then I guess he was on the, he, I guess he called his dad to tell him what was going on. And then he says he didn't even get anywhere. Like he, he called his dad and she started screaming to call 911. So he just hung up. So I imagine the conversation was like, oh, hey dad, we got, fuck, I gotta go. <laughs> and he just hung up on his dad. That must've been fucking confusing for the dad. Uh, so he calls 911. He says he's pretty calm. He, we get into the call. She is screaming, screaming, like bloody murder. All these women. Again, I, I mean, I don't know if it bears repeating. They're, they're pushing a baby out of their bodies. I remember when I was pregnant and there was this app or I don't know if it was an app or a website, but it would, it would give you like a piece of food for how big the baby is at each week of pregnancy and I remember halfway through sort of flipping ahead to be like, oh, this is exciting, but where are we going? And it had the option, I don't know, it had like fruit or junk food, I think. So I was looking at the junk food and the, it said the 40-week baby is the size of a bucket of KFC chicken. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, oh no, I don't think I can do this. I think, I don't... I don't know if that's true. Maybe my baby was. I had a big baby. He was like 12 pounds. But um, a bucket of chicken is pretty big. (laughs) I don't know. I can't. I'm just, I think just the way that it's shaped really makes the idea of pushing it out of your own body kind of intimidating. Um, Sorry, I don't even know how I got on that. But anyway, so she, oh, because that's why they're screaming because apparently they're trying to push a fucking bucket of chicken out of their bodies. Um, I probably should have put some kind of content warning on this if I mean if you're here now it's probably too late all of these babies are fine anyway I I was worried that they were going to give us some kind of tragic 911 story um, in the middle of this but they did not do that it's daytime they kept it light daytime not dateline (laughs) so anyway this what's her name Tina Tina's screaming Daryl does sound pretty calm through this whole thing. I think it's just his affect because the other guy was calm because he didn't believe that it was that it was happening, right? That's why he was kind of not taking it seriously. That's why he was fine with it. Um, this I think this is just Daryl's natural affect. That's why this ends up kind of being the funniest of all the 911 calls that we hear. The first thing, you know, she, he's like, we're having a baby. The baby's coming now the 911 lady is kind of trying to make an assessment daryl's like uh should she lie down <laughs> should i get her to lie down and the 911 person's like uh yeah and he's like okay babe lay down on your stomach <laughs> the 911 person's like no <laughs> on her back on her back and he's like oh okay no lie down on your back baby we hear afterwards from tina and she's like in that moment i was like there's no fucking way this woman's telling me to lay down on my stomach. You fucking idiot. Um, no, obviously she wasn't that stupid. Don't do that if you're having a baby. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not giving medical advice, but I mean, you would. You can't even lay down on your... Where Again, Daryl, where have you been? Like, I'm pretty sure I like sleeping on my stomach. And I think it maybe it was probably the four month mark where I laid down on my stomach and I could really feel the baby being like, no, no, no. (laughs) It's like, oh shit, I can't do that anymore. So she probably hasn't laid down on her stomach in, I don't know, like four or five months. He's just like, yeah, just deliver on your stomach. Classic. Have you not watched movies, Daryl? It's just crazy. (laughs) Who is this guy? Um, The ones like the woman on the phone is like, oh, she has she removed her clothes below the waist? That's kind of another thing that keeps coming up in these calls. And again, just casual Kelly. He's like, yeah, she's naked. (laughs) Um, That's good. Um, He's just kind of relaying the instructions, but he asks these really weird questions where he's like, 
I'm sure he mentioned that I, do, I there's a couple of things where I don't think the 911 person heard him, but I really wish she should have because what he was asking was so stupid. He's like, oh yeah, she's like, is the baby coming out? And he's like, yeah, I can see its head. I'm just holding it in. <laughs> like, uh, maybe we don't hold babies in. That can that can be problematic for sure. Again, I'm not giving medical advice, just kind of common sense if the baby's ready to come out mostly I think they're ready to come out she says this thing I tried to write it down just so we could know exactly um because his response is very funny to this as well she's like try she's like place your hand against her vagina and sort of help to like put pressure and help the baby out but don't let it come out quickly and Daryl's like I can't understand a thing you're saying is help coming or not (laughs) she's like Yes, yes, but she like keeps repeating it. I don't know if he's done it or or not, but he's just like, are these people on their way? <laughs> like, I obviously can't do this. Um, and then he's like, should I pull? It's <laughs> like, no. Also, probably no. Not a doctor, but I don't. Again, I don't know. I just can't imagine that that's the right thing to do. And then he's like, okay, so I've got the baby. He's just really calm. She's like, is it breathing? He's like, no. <laughs> no like. I'd be this is how we know it's his affect because you must be freaking out internally if you just delivered your own baby it's in your arms it's not breathing like what the fuck um he's like no okay now it's screaming to scream so that kind of heart-stopping moment where you're like oh fuck maybe this isn't gonna go well and then I mean it seems like it will because he seems fine with it but um it it's short-lived the baby starts crying right away so that's good and then he's like yeah he says this to the 911 operator he's like yep baby's still alive everything's fine she's like oh that's so sweet she's trying to keep him on the line she's like oh that's good you guys did such a good job great job both of you what you gonna name her (laughs) it's like very sweet and then he's like i got another call can i put you on hold (laughs) he doesn't even answer he's (laughs) oh my gosh he's over it he's like okay well are they on their way or what she's like yeah I think they're on your street he's like okay I'm gonna put the dog away so that he doesn't like (laughs) go up to the paramedics it's maybe maybe he's in shock maybe I'm misreading this whole thing maybe he's in shock it just seems like such a crazy thing to think about to be like oh I don't want the dogs to make it weird (laughs) and I mean I have a dog who's like that but um I don't I mean you're fine you're fine the baby's fine anyway um it's a girl they name it Brittany didn't those other people name their baby Brittany I think they did we got a couple we did yes anyway well Brittany was a popular name I guess at the time uh now we're like not surprised anymore that the 911 person is here they bring out this lady brings out the baby uh baby's 14 months old I know we shouldn't I know we have more information now, but this 14-month-old comes out with a bottle full of apple juice. It was very cringy to me. Uh, Maybe people still do that 30 years later, but please don't do that. I'm not going to tell you how to mom, but uh, it's bad for their teeth. I wouldn't, I don't, I didn't even give my son juice until he was probably like three just because, because listen, juice, now we know, right? In, in, at this time, in the present day, we know that juice is just sugar. It doesn't have really anything in it that actual fruit has that would be beneficial to you. It's really just the sugar. Like there's no pectin in it. It's just processed sugar. Kids don't know what they don't have, right? I didn't give my son juice till he was three and he never asked for it because he didn't really know of it. Maybe he'd get a juice box for like a treat or something that somebody else gave him. But I think as far as he was aware, we just didn't have it at our house. So I think you can save a lot of those early, uh, early conflicts with your kids by just... I don't know, sheltering them, I guess. I mean, that sounds bad. But at 14 months, you are supposed to shelter your baby from a lot of things. That's normal. Anyway, don't put fucking apple juice in your bottle for a 14-month-old. Please, for my sake. Even if you just do it for me. I know it's very important (laughs) to you that I be happy. Um, Anyway, 
the next story. I think that's it for the 911 calls. The next two didn't have 911 calls available. The next one, I think, was sort of just the novelty of it. Honestly, it wasn't really that interesting. Uh, maybe because we didn't have the call. I don't know. But they kind of, first of all, they kind of did it in reverse. So this, this next story is about a woman who had a baby on an airplane. And I'm not sure when I was pregnant, and I mean, at least I'm, <laughs> things we learn and where we learn them. I'm a TV junkie kid, I guess, or I was when I was younger. And on Friends, if you'll remember, <laughs> on Friends, which couldn't have been much long after this, Phoebe can't go to England because she's pregnant in her third trimester and you're not allowed to fly in your third trimester. So two cases, I guess, is that they didn't know that in 1996 or maybe 1995, I guess, is that that wasn't a thing. So this woman just got on the plane <laughs> thinking that was fine. Or or it was premature, like if she was still in her second trimester, but I don't know. I I don't know. It seems like it went well. It doesn't sound like there were complications or anything like that because it was premature. So as far as I can tell, she was in her third trimester. So I don't know who let her on the plane. I don't, we don't get into any specifics of like how this happened. We're actually not even talking to the mom at first. It's the two uh, flight attendants, Judy and Janet, um, that are on the stage and Judy's holding <laughs> this weird stuffed plane. Oh, it must be to give to the baby. They just don't, <laughs> they just don't see that. And the baby's like the parents aren't up there we only see the parents for maybe like two seconds at the end so she's just like sitting there with this stupid stuffed airplane on her lap it looks really weird like a stuffy like it looks like I mean it's got a face on it I guess but anyway it's an airplane I guess just to remind us or I don't know why it again it must have been a gift for the baby but it's just I mean you could put it behind your chair like behind your back it was just it was just a weird thing um, I just made a really quick note that we get kind of a flash of the audience and Caitlin from Teen Mom. I mean, obviously it's not her, but she's, uh, it's like braces. Caitlin is fully in the audience or her doppelganger or whatever. It's, the story is pretty boring. I don't know. Beyond the stuffed airplane, that was really the most important part until we get to the end. The parents come out, the baby comes out. It's a boy. What did they name it? Skylar. <laughs> And if your name is Skylar, I'm so sorry. It was very cool in the 90s. I feel like it was a cool, edgy name in the 90s. It just really didn't like, age well at all. And this is like, ugh, this is even worse because it's a pun because the baby was born in an airplane and they named it Skylar. <laughs> Isn't it great to name your kids after a joke <laughs> or like a pun? Oh, God. And then it's Skylar, like, uh, South Park, I think, really, wasn't that Shelly's boyfriend? Skylar. Um, yikes, yikes. That sucks. Um, we get another question from the audience. Oh, oh, for Randy Jr., if you'll remember the 12-year-old who delivered his sibling. They say, oh, it just seems like a lead. He can't listen with kids kids just want to please so you have to be really careful about act like asking leading questions like this she's like oh does the 12 year old want to be a doctor when they grow up or something like that <laughs> the kid's like I don't know and they're like oh well what do you want to be when you grows up or when you grow up he's like oh maybe like an obstetrician mm, I don't know I just feel like hmm Mm, I don't know. I feel like probably this crazy thing happened and probably a lot of their family was like, wow, you did so good. You should be a doctor. And he's just like kind of still in that stage where he's, you know, I mean, you want to make people happy. I think when you're a kid or your adults around you, you want them to be happy. You, It's normal to like the attention. And then if all these people are like, wow, you should be a doctor. Then you're like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. I don't know if he wants to be a doctor. He's 12. Who knows? I don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm 34. So let's not let's not make it weird guys um now we're on to our last family see how I thought I, I really didn't think there'd be enough for an episode and I feel like I'm already well past the amount of time that I intended to be talking about this um our last story is Sheila and Stuart mm, Sheila I'm sorry I have I listen I'm in the same boat I can't judge 
Sheila has what I think Tyra Banks calls a five head (laughs) where you could get all five of your fingers all up on it like I have the same thing I get it (laughs) I get it but also Sheila's rocking this haircut where she's like brushed all of her hair back (laughs) and teased it so she's really like there's nothing to cover any of this expansive real estate (laughs) at the top of her face it's just all out there. It, it makes her forehead look twice as big as it needs to. She should be rocking those fluffy, floofy, Sally Jesse um, 90s bangs. That I don't know if it would help, but anything's got to be better than what she was doing. She's made a, a not a good choice. Um, she's also got this outfit. Oh, this made me think of my mom. My mom, I think, would have worn this. At least the turtleneck. She's wearing a turtleneck. It's got they're not polka dots they're not hearts it looks like hearts and teapots made out of flowers I don't know it's really I really tried to look and see what they were at least one of them looked like a heart but sort of like if you made a heart out of a wreath like out of flowers it was kind of weird and then she had this like big oversized maroon suit which actually looked like it was a skirt on the bottom it was really big. I don't know. It was really, I don't know, dated, I guess. I didn't understand it. And then when I looked closer at the turtleneck, I was like, mm, I remember these. <laughs> I remember my mom owning these. It must have been the mom fashion of the time. At this point in the show, by the way, every time we have one of these stories, they bring a baby out onto the stage and they are not moving people off of the stage, even though we're not really going back to talk to most of them. So at this point, by the time Sheila and Stuart are here telling us their story, there's a lot of babies crying and fussing in the background. Um, They say there's no 911 tape for Sheila and Stuart, but I think there was one. They just say they won't allow it to come out. They don't specify who won't allow it. I guess maybe they live in a state where they have a policy against releasing 911 tapes, I guess. I don't know anything about that. All I know is um, in Florida, you can get like any information. So maybe everybody else is from Florida and not these people. I don't know. It kind of seems weird. It sounds like maybe they were going to have a bigger story. And then because there's no 911 tape, they were like, well, you're already here. I guess we'll talk to you. But only for two minutes. <laughs> like We don't talk to them very much. Um, oh, Stuart wasn't there. I guess Sheila went into labor. And then there was some 911 call, I guess. We don't hear it or hear much about it. And then Stuart comes home and there's all these paramedics outside his house. And he's like, what's happening? <laughs> and then somebody, it's like, we have almost no details on this, but he gets to the front door. He sees all these ambulances. He's like, what the fuck? Um, and then I guess his nephew it must be is like oh yeah auntie's upstairs having a baby (laughs) he's like what the fuck he's like I was expecting to like come home have a beer have a shower (laughs) maybe get some sleep um that's not that's not gonna help I guess when he got up he you know he ran upstairs auntie's having a baby he's like oh fuck he runs upstairs she's like I'm sorry (laughs) the guy's like it's not your fault (laughs) which is true um but is also, it's, I can see that happening between a couple. Like, as a woman, you're like, I don't want this. I'm sorry. And he's like, okay, well, you're fine. It's not, you know, it's not your fault. Um, they have a girl. They name it Megan, which is also a totally, a totally normal name. Um, Maury wraps it up? <laughs> Question mark. Here's the thing. This is, I don't know what happened. I feel like they were rushing like I don't know why they tried again I don't know why they tried to fit six stories into one episode of Maury it's so it's so crammed in there that then Maury wraps it up he's literally like well that's it has this been a 911 day or what what the fuck is a 911 day for you like I don't know what that means that's the weirdest description for what we just sat through um and then he's like Oh, let's talk to the 911 person that helped Sheila and Stuart. <laughs> she comes out with their baby and it's like, or I guess she already did. And then he wrapped it up and then he's like, oh, wait, I forgot to talk to this person. <laughs> and he asked her a couple questions um, and that's it. But then he's already wrapped it up. He must have thought that they were going to cut it or something. They were probably like, oh, Maury, we're almost out of time. So just wrap it up. Somebody must have been giving him the wrap it up. And then after they were like, 
oh shit, we didn't actually finish that other story. So let's try to put a bow on that. But we're not going to wrap it up again because we're not going to take time for that. Um, We're fine. (laughs) So then they go to a commercial and we have video of the day. I don't remember that, uh, but okay. It's like America's Funniest Home Videos, but it's Oh, well, it is funny, I guess. They they probably should have sent it to AFE. Honestly, they could have got some money out of it, but they sent it to Maury. Uh, this person's name is Elaine. She's at her baby shower. And as Maury points out, when you're like at your most max pregnant and you feel like a fucking houseboat, she's sitting at her baby shower. She's like getting gifts and she breaks her chair. Like the chair just like, you can kind of see it start to like warp under her. <laughs> like, oh, and then she falls and she's fine. She's obviously not hurt. She's just laughing. And that's it. Again, we're not going to wrap it up again. We already wrap, we already got a wrap up. Okay. Just cause it wasn't at the end of the show necessarily, you know, we can put those pieces together for ourselves as the audience. And that's it. Like I said, wow, that was actually, I've been talking for so much longer than I thought I would be able to talk about this. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you listen again. I really enjoy doing this, so I'm just going to keep doing it. If even one person listens, that would make me so over the moon happy. Um, and if that person is you, then thank you. It means a lot to me. And I hope you come back again. If you have any feedback, uh, kindly worded feedback, if possible, thank you. Um, that email address again is realityrootspod at gmail.com. And I hope you come back for more. Thanks, guys. Bye.